And thanks to Manscaped for being a sponsor of Secret Friends Unite. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SFU at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, and now enjoy the show. Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 401. This is your guide to the geek side, and we are excited to share our podcast with you in many different formats. Check out all of our podcasts on our podcast network, uh, where you can see the Holocron Chronicles, where you can listen to everything about Star Wars, the Code 47, which is all things Star Trek, our co-op mode, which is all things video games, and the one you're listening to now, which is Secret Friends Unite Prime, all things geek media. When you're done listening to that, you can also watch us and see the videos as we make them, the cool backgrounds and all the cool faces of all the people that we have on our show. Um, go to YouTube, subscribe, tell us what you like about the podcast, and tell us how we can be better. When you're done with that, I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by, oh, a wonderful guest this week, Mr. Josiah Martinez. We call him Mostly Martinez, and he is the Mostly Star Wars podcast. Welcome, Josiah. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited, humbled, honored that I was invited to be on. I've been watching your guys' stuff for a long time. I was uh, super blessed to be part of the Holocron Chronicles uh, with Mark and them. And so that was such a blast. And so thank you so much for inviting me on to be with you. I'm so happy to share a screen with you, my friend. Oh, thank you very much. And just let people, you know, behind the curtains, Charlie could not be here. He is doing, uh, he's, he's got his uh, Star Trek chapters club is actually at Grand Rapids Comic Con. They're doing some great stuff. There's pictures on Twitter. Please follow, uh, enjoy it. If you're a fan of Star Trek, he is there repping strong. Um, and then also we had a guest who unfortunately had a family emergency as we were recording. This is actually take two. Um, and he will be on a future episode. We just wish him well, and hopefully good things yeah. will come from uh, the, the news he got. So we'll go from there, sending prayers to him and his family. So yes. we'll start from there. Uh, as we go on to a new chapter, we're in Secret Friends Night 401. We just celebrated 400. And by doing so, we are taking a pivot change in regards to our comic book covers. There's not many comic books that last to 400, so we decided to restart or reboot, or start with the number one, which most comic books do. They always launch a number one. We're doing that today. So we are looking at number one in Celebration of 401 with X-Men, number one, from August 20th, 1991. So we we recorded this bit already, so <laughs> this will be a little bit... But along the way, we found out Josiah was one year old when this comic book cover <laughs> came out. So he was not there live. I was, I think I was a junior in high school. So I was there picking up this comic in store. Um, this comic book was very special. It was the, um, the, the ongoing uncanny was at like number two ninety two. So obviously a lot of things were going on. The X-Men animated series was on a lot of Renaissance mm -hmm. for X-Men. So the best way to do get new readers in is start with number one, which is what they did. They created like four different covers, which all linked form one big image. They were sealed and polybagged, so you actually had to open them up to um, read them, But which meant if you're a collector, you keep one sealed, you keep one open. So it's it's genius marketing. They sold like 7 million copies, and this was really Team Blue and Team Yellow, kind of like two teams of X-Men, which was kind of a cool, unique feature of the comic. So um, I love the X-Men. They're one of my favorite comic book series of all time. Love them to pieces. And this, I believe, was starting off the Asteroid M 
series where Magneto wanted to take the, mag- the, the mutants to space where they could mm-hmm. be free. So Josiah, um, <laughs> you know, like I said, you were young. Um, you may not have a lot of experience with this cover, but as you look at it, what do you think? I mean, uh, is yeah. it drawn to you as a comic that's, you know, over 30 years old now? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think as you look at these, um, these different covers, these four different covers, like each one of them is spectacular. And I think that's another thing with like the X-Men comics, just over the years, I, I've been able to collect a few over the years now, but like just the art style and everything is just, it's so epic. And like, as you like, you know, look at each character, you know, it kind of like draws different memories of different stories and stuff. And like what I was, uh, I was mentioning kind of earlier, Gambit is definitely my guy. Like he always has been, I, I started watching the cartoon far before I was able to ever read a comic or, or look at a comic. And so Gambit was, you know, anytime that there's, you know, a Gambit having any bit of like a side role, even in any comic, I am definitely a lot more excited because, you know, you, you're kind of drawn to different characters, I think, you know, in, in any type of media. And for some reason, Gambit, he always just, he had that, that style about him, that wit, about him that like kind of like I don't care but at the same time like you know that he had heart and so I kind of feel like that's where I was like really drawn to that character and so yeah looking at these like he obviously was the first person that stood out to me and although that they're super epic and iconic covers yeah that's that's the first thing that jumps out at me for sure yeah it's funny that's an era too where like characters are like hey i have my uniform but i've got a jacket on too like yeah. so gamut's got like his cool like bodysuit but he's like i'm gonna wear a trench coat because i'm a little cold uh-huh. apparently or i want to yeah. be really cool i guess he needs pockets <laughs> to put his cards in there you go yep there you go yeah <laughs> and, and 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 rogues the same way it's a really short mm-hmm. little jacket it's it's kind of like a little stylish number you know it goes over his shoulders right. no i get it. you know hey you know uh-huh. wolverine you know why doesn't he wear a cardigan because he probably yeah. rip it putting on right with his claws <laughs> Don't know. Don't know. And everybody at that time had like way too many, like if they had a belt, they had pockets and like, what are you putting in those pockets? Nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. This was a fun time though of the X-Men. It yeah. was just like iconic. It was mm-hmm. a lot of energy, you know, with a property that had been, you know, essentially the number one comic book series of all time. So, um, mm-hmm. it, it was Marvel's biggest at the time, which was just crazy. Cause Spider-Man, yeah. you think about him, like he is the biggest character, but at the time he was kind of struggling. He had his clone wars and all that stuff. So we could go on and on though, but you know, uh, yeah, this is definitely a place in a time that it feels different than it used to. Cause comic books do not sell 7 million copies now, but yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, we're about to go on a journey and uh, Josiah, I will tell you um, we have one lady to go to for all our news and rumors in the world of geek. And that's Madam Re- Madam Webb. So without further delay, Madam Webb, Take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, Madam Webb. I uh, was talking to Josiah, asked where he lived, and he is a, from a tropical land we all love. And he's also from, I think, the land of Yellowstone. It's kind of crazy. So, um, Josiah, just know, as if you, you're, the agreement when you're a guest of the show is, Madam Webb automatically gets a free stay at one of your places. So, okay. just let you know, this a 90-year-old woman may show up at your door and says, hey, I'm here to stay. Um <laughs> Don't be scared, you know, be cordial. And you okay. know what? She's, she, she's okay with doing her own laundry. Nice. Okay. It's a plus. There you go. <laughs> so there you go. This is a better, uh, I think she's very pleased with your, your acceptance of this. So, yeah. you know what? Win-win <laughs> for everybody. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. Well, we start with the news this week and very sad news. And if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see my background and it is mm-hmm. all related to an icon in the world of Batman and just comic books and, and characters we all love. Kevin Conroy, 
he passed away at the age of 66 due to cancer. Um, if, if you think of Batman, there have been only a handful of iconic Batman, and mm-hmm. no one, I think, has played the role longer than Kevin Conroy, from Batman the Animated Series to the DC Animated Films. He actually was in a CW uh, episode of The Crisis where he actually played an older Bruce Wayne in live action, yeah. which was very cool. Um, and I mean, I, I don't think anybody has anything bad about to say about the guy. And he yeah. was alive. He was in live action things. I mean, he, he's got a career. His career started in like the uh, late seventies with acting. And the fact that, you know, a voice actor who, you know, you always want to do something iconic, got to play this role um, that lasted. Um, and I mean, he's still iconic. I think people would, I mean, he went to video games, he went to podcasts, yeah. he went to all these different things in the role mm-hmm. of Batman. And I don't think he ever got tired of it. And yeah, which is amazing because you come from the world of star Wars and you mm-hmm. know, some of those actors have a love hate relationship with their role in that franchise. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So with this, so uh, do you have any, any memories of Kevin Conroy, Batman, the animated series, any of his roles? Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, once again, I mean, the the animated series, you know, they came out in 1992, you know, by by the time that I was, you know, old enough to remember watching cartoons, this was definitely one of my favorites. And by then, it had already been a couple of years out. So there's already a decent chunk of episodes that were like reruns uh, to rewatch. And I think like so many people have just came out to social media saying all these amazing stories of their childhood and how he was like a part of it or, and things like that. And I feel like for me, it was, it's like the voice, you know, like him being the voice actor for Batman. It's hard to hear anyone else be Batman because that's what I grew up with years and years of just hearing that. And like you were saying, as he came back to like, Uh, different shows and like the movies and like um, Batman beyond and stuff like that was so exciting because once again, it was, it's that same Batman that I remember growing up with, you know, the, the after school cartoon, you know, like, so it brings you back to like such a good time of watching cartoons. And so, yeah, I I think I totally agree with everybody and the, everything I've read about him or seen about him, anyone who's met him just says he's just an amazing guy. You imagine him to be, but everyone who's actually met him just says he's, he was just a, a genuine person. It's, it's really amazing, especially as he aged and he played different roles as Batman. Like, cause he was like mm-hmm. Batman in his prime with Batman in his series. He played a notable Bruce Wayne and mm-hmm. Batman. He yeah. made them sound different. He made mm-hmm. them feel like they were different people, which is very hard to do. You often yeah. hear like an actor who plays Batman, like, oh, he did a good job as Bruce Wayne, but his Batman was subpar or vice versa. Yeah, very true. rarely do you get that good balance of like both and understanding what makes a good Bruce Wayne and a Batman. Um, mm-hmm. Because depending on who you, how you feel, sometimes Bruce Wayne is the mask and Batman is the real persona and vice versa. So it was very cool. And then he went on to play like an aging Bruce Wayne as um, Batman Beyond. And, yeah. and, you know, to at the time he wasn't that old, but now he is old. So, um, <laughs> and then he also played him live screen uh, at the same character. So, man, I, I just, you know, and then we think of like the, the, the dueling actors who played Joker and Batman, Mark Hamill, yeah. Kevin Conroy, and they loved each other and just, uh-huh. you know, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a phenomenal, you know, Mark Hamill, I think found a second life in voice acting yeah. and it was in, you know, I just couldn't think of a better pair. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so amazing. And obviously, like you've already mentioned before, Star Wars, you know, Mark Hamill, I, you know, I love the guy. And once again, he's one of those just, you know, people that you'd like to go have lunch with and, and stuff like that. And like you said, you hit the nail on the head, like them together, that duo was just so incredible. And I feel like sometimes, you know, even like in you watch like animated series and sometimes the voice acting comes becomes bigger than the animated visuals. And I feel like both of them were able to do that when, as soon as, you know, you had the Batman Joker scenes, like it was able to come out like bigger than what you were seeing. And I I love that about both of them. Yeah. And and I've always said this about voice acting. It's, it's a special talent that is not acting. Um, That's why when you see like Hollywood actors playing voice actors, I always feel like there's something missing because I think they're trying to, do something similar what they normally would do or as a voice actor you have to put more into it because you have to make people believe that you are that character um yeah and so it's a special talent it's it's not and that's why there's so very few good at voice actors and once again you know what it is if mm-hmm. you if you watched all the star wars animated it's like those characters who maybe not are not the live action but are portraying classic characters they put their stamp on it and they make you love them mm-hmm you know what? You just kind of reminded me of something. I was remembering the the making of Logan with uh, Hugh Jackman. And I don't know if you've seen any of that. Um, but And it also kind of went around. Some of the clips went around social media after the movie as well. But the scene where he's... Uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. But there's a scene where he's running through the forest. And he's just like you know, full speed, full sprint running and like chopping down trees as he's going and things like that. And anyways, it it was an awesome scene in the movie, but then it showed how they're making it. He was actually on a treadmill running and he was watching in front of him. He was watching himself and like literally with his arms slicing, you know, and he's full sprint running on a treadmill. So they're getting the audio for that scene. And I was just like, this is incredible. I was I was blown away by the fact that they went to that extreme to like, you know, to, to film that audio that he was really doing that, you know, like. And so once again, yeah, as you know, there there's something there's something different about voice acting, you know, when when you're not on screen, you know, per se, like, the, yeah, it's it's something different. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. Sorry, I did not know that, but yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Hugh Jackman yeah. puts everything into his role, and why wouldn't he do that? Where other yeah. people would probably just kind of phone it in. They just go like, right. "Oh, like video game, like ah, ooh, yeah, you know, <laughs> we need eighteen hours. Can you give us yeah. eighteen different versions, please?" Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is sad news, but he has yeah. a legacy that, I, and we're gonna actually we've been discussing. It. We're like, you know, it's perfect time. Let's let's pick our four top episodes of Batman the Animated Series or Kevin Conroy doing a voice as Batman. Let's talk about that. I'm like perfect. Perfect time to do it. Let's give our praise and put it in place where we could recommend why he was so good in the episodes people can watch to understand. So there you go. Um, very cool. Uh, not very cool. Said very sad, but I'm glad that he is getting the recognition he deserves. And that's the cool part about this. Mm-hmm. So, um, so less sad and hopefully this is exciting news for a lot of folks is the fact that we are getting news that Sean Levy is apparently eyeing a star Wars movie after the third Deadpool wraps. 
So with Star Wars, we haven't had a movie since 2019, and that's mm-hmm. understanding which movie will be next. We don't really know. And so um, Star Wars has had, unfortunately, an uh, unfortunate history of like directors hired, then let go, or things didn't work out. And so mm-hmm. we're really hoping that they are back on track with this, 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 this gap that we're getting because it's, they're taking the time to get a good plan in place. And mm-hmm. what makes me excited about it is more I hear about who they are reaching out to is yeah. a combination of – people we know that make cool things and also new talent. So one of these is Sean Levy. If you've watched our stranger things, it's, it's, it's Netflix's premier product. Mm -hmm. It, it, it harnesses our nostalgia, but tells new ways of, uh, you know, telling a story with new fresh talent as well. Uh, good balance. And I think Mm -hmm. most people would say with star Wars, they, they like when it's touching on nostalgia, but Mm -hmm. doing brave new things. So, um, with that, so with this, um, it's kind of interesting because um, with all these things, I always take them with a grain of salt until like it's actually announced official. What's the project is, you know, it's amazing. A film gets made. Um, and until they actually get shown on the theater screen, anything could happen. So um, mm-hmm. Josiah, in regards to y- your love of star Wars, I don't know if you've talked about this or you've even like given your opinion on it, but um, what's your take on, on, on Sean Levy taking on a star Wars film? Yeah, I think uh, what you just said, I, I totally agree. Anytime that, you know, Disney starts looking, you know, for a, a, a new director or new producers when they're when it comes to movies or even the shows, it is really interesting to me, like who they go for, who they pick. And, you know, like you said, you know, we'll have to see as time goes by. But if Sean Levy definitely is in talks with doing a movie, I would be super excited, super hype. Um, like you said, Stranger Things, amazing. I I love it. I wish it would never end. And I think, like you said, it would it would work perfect. His vision that he had with that, the that you know, even for me, like you know, I didn't you know, I wasn't like in in my teens in the eighties, but still the you know the the throwbacks that they have. There's there's a lot of things that. You know, it, it feels like such a familiar and comfortable world that he puts it in, but then he's throwing in all the, you know, he throws in so much other stuff, right? That it just, and it, he did it so well, it, it fits, it all meshes well. And I think with Star Wars, you're exactly right. I can't speak for everybody, but for me personally, that's what I'm into. I love when they're able to give us a little bit of the reasons why we fell in love with Star Wars, but at the same time, give us something new. And if he can do anything, you know, like what he's been doing for Stranger Things, oh man, I mean, that movie is going to be amazing no matter what the theme is. I, I feel like if he, if they can get this done, they can, you know, get this project done with him. Um, and, you know, like that article said, they're supposedly starting next year. So, I mean, if this is legit and they're really starting, I'm going to be super hyped for what's to come. Yeah, I, I, and I have a interesting relation with Star Wars. And I think, I think, I think we're all getting to the point now where it's like, there's so much Star Wars now that you don't have to like it all. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and if something's not for you, move on. And I kind of have with certain parts of Star Wars and that's fine. Like Star Trek or um, the MCU. I mean, DC mm-hmm. is the prime example, I'm a big DC fan. I'm like, you know what? A lot of it's not very good. A lot of it doesn't, but some people love it. So I, I don't want to mm-hmm. yuck anyone's yum with Star Wars anymore. I'm just like, no, I'll, I'll just like move on. 
because I don't have to. There's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like the back in the day when there was like three movies. That was it. That's all you yeah. got. <laughs> I didn't know we were getting the next thing. You got better. Hope you better love those Ewok movies or the droids or the, or the, uh-huh. or the Ewoks cartoon. Cause that's all you're getting or, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's different. It's just so, and, and I assume star Wars will be around for the next, I don't know how long Disney lasts. Right. So there's going to be more Star Wars. If you don't like this one, guess what? Mm-hmm. Next one you'll probably really like. So, and I'm hoping we're at the point where we don't have to not have a Star Wars movie in the theater. Cause I know Disney wants it because they're like, we can make a lot of money off Star Wars in the theater versus just Disney plus. So, right. um, yeah, I think this is really good news. I think this mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, along the way though, once again, I want to, I want a group of new creators and people mm-hmm. that can tell really good stories. If you get those, yeah. We can have some really cool stuff. So very, very cool in the world of Star Wars. Um, something that is um, something that I really love that is kind of one of those cross-media darlings now, uh, which is The Witcher. Um, mm-hmm. And just I'm not sure where you stand on The Witcher because there are books, there are video games, <laughs> there are TV series, there's animation, there's um, comic books even. So mm-hmm. whatever you like, it's there. And it's all telling their stories in in various different ways. It's not like there's one canon anymore, which is confusing to some folks because it's like, well, what is it? Because, because the, the TV series is based on the uh, books and then the video games are based on the books, but they all do something a little bit, a little bit different, which I, mm-hmm. I appreciate, you know, if you're going to use a medium, yeah. use what the medium is best for versus just telling the same story the same way. So right. um, with the, with the Witcher um, we've had, um, like I said, video games, the books, uh, and a couple of animated series, and then the TV series. And we know that uh, Henry Cavill's going off uh, mm-hmm. after season four. He, he's going away. We're getting uh, a, a new person replacing him. But the cool part is we are getting this four-part prequel series that takes place uh, 1,200 years before the Witcher TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, and it stars Michelle Yeoh. And this is essentially, uh, I'll just give you the byline. Set 1,200 years before the events of the main series, the four-part special event tells a story lost to time. One of seven outcasts who unite against an unstoppable power that took everything from them. Uh, their blood quest giving rise to a prototype Witcher in a conflict that brings about the conjunction of the spheres when the world of monsters, men, and elves merge to become one. The stars, like I said, Michelle Yeoh, uh, also Mini Driver is in this yeah. very interesting. Yeah, I, I like Mini Driver. That, that was interesting. Yeah. yeah, interesting casting. And then a bunch of other actors. I really could not tell you if I've seen them in other things. They give you their names, but I don't <laughs> Yeah, It's not giving me any context because, once again, it's a prequel, 1,200 years in the future. This reminds me of Lord of the Rings, Ring of Power, which I'll uh-huh. talk about in the Geek Easy. But once again, so far removed from what we know that it mm-hmm. kind of allows you to tell a story and like say, you know what? These people are all dead. So guess what? They can have stakes and they'll tell a really cool story. And you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about it if you like the other stuff too, because maybe yeah. it leans into it, builds into something different in this context. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and the, the, the teaser was very cool, very short. Mm-hmm. Uh, this mm-hmm. comes out December, uh, right around Christmas time, uh, which is great. And they'll drop it all at once. So I'm very yeah. excited for this. But once again, it's, it's going to drop and that's all I'll get. And I assume this yeah. is just to carry us over until Witcher um, season three, which I believe is a 2023 release. So I'm very excited mm-hmm. about this. So um, what's your take on all this? Yeah. Um, it, it, at, like you said, the teaser, it was short, but it, it was incredible. Like the score already, you know, like that sounded incredible. Um, all, you know, all of the wardrobe and everything like that looked great. Um, the, I don't, I'm not sure. I didn't look up where they did the filming, 
but that looked beautiful as well. Like, oh man, just kind of everything visually was already looking amazing. They showed a little bit of some of the fight action scenes, um, which I'm always in, up for. So yeah, that looked that looked really good. This teaser really got me excited for it. Um, like we had already kind of talked about um, uh, Michelle being in it. Anything that she's in, I'm already pretty much down for because she's such an amazing actress. So yeah, that's that's going to be awesome to see her be kind of like the front runner of the show. I'm really interested to see uh, Minnie Driver in this type of show. Um, that'll be interesting. Uh, she's also an incredible actress. So yeah, I'd like to see um, where, where her character ends up going. And lastly, kind of like what you had already mentioned, I love these prequels. They, you know, the, you know, everybody can jump on the bandwagon for <laughs> all that I'm concerned because I love the, you know, the Ring of Power, um, the House of the Dragon. I love the fact that, you know, even in this, like, you know, short little preview of what it's going to be about, about being lost to time. I love the fact that, like you said, everyone's already dead. A lot of these stories can now just be legend. So, you know, for all that we're familiar with, whether it be from the books or, or the game or the show, you know, you can really take it any way you want because just because something is said that happened when you're talking a thousand years prior, you know, it really, the story could have changed <laughs> like tremendously. So I love the fact that we're jumping back to a time where, like you said, the stakes can be high you know, main characters can die, you know, like, you know, like everything, you don't know what's going to happen because when it, you're really close to something that's already existed, it's really difficult because you kind of have to make it match. But when you go so far back, you really, like the director has so much leniency on where he wants to go with the story and the characters. Yeah. And this is, looks like it's going to really focus on the elves. And we know mm -hmm. in the Witcher that the elves are at a low point. They're essentially a beaten down uh, yeah. race of people who essentially have been, had horrible things happen to them. And we don't know how they got there because typically you think of the elves as always being like highborn and, you know, always, you know, at a certain level of, in, in, in the Witcher, not so much. Uh, yeah. They're basically uh, almost treated like the X-Men, the mutants and the X-Men and, you know, mm -hmm. the outcasts. So I'm curious to see what they do. And I really liked, if you get a chance, I really loved the uh, Witcher prequels, kind of like telling of how the Witchers actually came to be, which I really liked. Um, mm -hmm. It was very good. So, but yeah. apparently there's going to be a ton of Witcher going forward. So I <laughs> hope the quality continues because if it yeah. falls off that's going to be really sad but and we're supposed to get like a billion new witcher games like they're remaking witcher one <laughs> which i'm really excited about because i tried playing the original one did not work did not you know it was an old game in a different perspective so um mm. i'm all for this and like i said one of the things i always say fantasy is so hard to pull off because yeah. it can come off as cheesy dumb mm -hmm. stupid and um versus uh, sci-fi, which I feel like you can play with a little bit more and people take it more seriously. So, um, and the Witcher has been really, really pleasing to me as a big fantasy buff. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I guess we'll have to just wait though. So I cannot wait come mm -hmm. December, something to do after you open up your presents, folks, if you celebrate, there you go. um, yes. <laughs> um, and then next, uh, uh, this is kind of like my secret shame. Um, <laughs> I've seen John wick one, but I haven't seen the rest. And I love John Wick 1. I have no excuse, yeah. Josiah, to say, why, Todd? <laughs> I own them. Like, why am you watching yeah. them? I don't know. I, I, something mm -hmm. keeps coming up. But I'm going to make time because I really love the series. I'm a big fan of stylish action done well. Like, it just yeah. – it's like choreography. It looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're in the, the Kianaissance. Is that right? The <laughs> Kianaissance? 
<laughs> kind of like the Renaissance, as we just talked about. So yeah. we do get a new trailer for John Wick Chapter Four. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's already an announced John Wick like spinoff, which I don't. I think it might be a prequel. I don't know, but the John Wick universe is growing. Um, and mm-hmm. with this, I don't know if this is announced as the last movie, but it seems like. He barely survives any of these films. He's obviously right. in this, so I know he made it. So right. I don't feel like I've been. So I guess I've been spoiled. Like, oh, he didn't die in two or three. Yeah. So, um, so I guess. I, but the the trailer just looks like once again. I don't know if it does anything new, but it definitely made me feel like, wow. I just I, I just love the fact that we are now getting intelligent action films mm-hmm. that are largely just like revenge films and they can be done well and not just mm-hmm. like Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day or something like that. So, you know, really good action yeah. films. Um, obviously we had the Hong Kong films, John Woo, they kind of brought the Renaissance back in the nineties. Things got dumb and bad again <laughs> with the fast and the yeah. furious films. I mean, depending on how you feel, mm-hmm. it's like, it's dumb fun. As I always say, and Charlie says, Todd, you call it dumb fun. I'm like, I know because it's like, it's fun, but it's not, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like, that should not have worked, but right. oh well. Um, yeah. So with that um, and, and chapter four, debuts i'm looking at the release date march 24 2023 it looks like 2023 is going to be a banger of a year for like movies and stuff mm-hmm. so with all of that i've said uh, you know is this something that you are excited about as a series you follow yeah john wick like I, I and i feel like it it kind of like keanu reeves john wick they it's so interchangeable because you know you can't have one without the other um if you if you love uh keanu then you're gonna love the movies if you like bang bang you know shoot them up action you know and like you said intelligent action you know these these are very good also what's i feel like a lot a lot of times understated in these movies is there is actually very good dialogue you know you wouldn't really think so but there's some really good dialogue and if you haven't got a chance to look at the trailer for john wick 4 definitely do it because there's even some there's some pieces of dialogue that they at at surface level seem basic but they they actually make you think, you know, like th- there's some interesting dialogue that's going on here. And, you know, I'm I'm super excited for it. I know the the last one had, you know, like Lance Reddick mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's an excellent actor. You know, um, I, he should be in everything. In, he, oh, he my should. goodness. He totally oh, my should. goodness. He, he needs to be in more anything. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited <gasps> to to see where they take it. It's I, I think it's it, it is fair that you bring up like fast and the furious, because I think a lot of times when you start getting into this many movies, a lot of times it's, it's hard for the directors and the producers to, to find something new to, to, to make the stakes matter, um, make the decisions matter. And you also have what happens a lot of times, like in, in like, you know, sci-fi fantasy movies, but even in movies like this, that, that aren't so crazy, you still have the issue of like power creep. You know, like you can't continuously make something that's more powerful, right? Because then eventually it's like, you know, the hero, the hero has to be more powerful than the villain. And you just have to keep on going up and up and up. And that uh, eventually gets to where you're saying that it gets cheesy. You know, like that's impossible. You know, like what I'm seeing, that's impossible. Um, but anyways, I, I feel like they've done really good. And um, I think also because of John Wick, the actual character, the building in in his arc, I guess you can say you continuously care what's going to happen. And I think that's what they've done really well in this. And I know that 
chapter four is going to do well because you know like they just they've been hitting out of park so far and i i think it's just going to continue on i don't know how many more they're going to make or if they're going to start like you're saying doing spinoffs but i think that that's going to be a good one yeah and you just have to wonder like keanu reeves is at a certain age um (laughs) and those movies demand a lot from the actors because Uh you have to train i mean and you wonder like well can he keep bringing it can he raise the to your point can they keep raising the bar i mean you don't want to be john wick in space (laughs) like strap a rocket to a back of a fear like the a certain right. movie did um uh-huh. yeah so you wonder and it's like also like did we already do that stunt can't remember because that's yeah. <laughs> the right you, you just like so obviously good writers can continue to do that i believe it's the same director continues to be there so they have mm-hmm. a good relationship they know it's in them they're all in on this so and i always wonder I'm like when well, they made the first one they think like oh we could make this into a thing versus now we're there yeah. I'm like, it, i always wonder like it was the genius uh-huh. in place it's like we have a plan mm-hmm. if we can just get this first movie to work i've got a plan already so it's yeah. like any other franchise like did they always imagine to be a franchise or did it just did lum dumb luck take place right mm-hmm. yeah well that is something to look forward in 2023 um but you know something we probably have to look forward in 2027 is um the fact that our new showrunners for the dc I believe it's called Universe. I can't remember what it's officially called. It's not the DCEU anymore. It's called something else. But this is James Gunn, Peter Safran. They have a long plan to map, apparently, one great overarching story, mm-hmm. which I always worry when I hear that because it's <laughs> if it's not organic and it's not planned out like Kevin Feige did, where he's like, mm-hmm. he had a plan well in advance. He lucked out because he got to do things at Marvel before Disney bought them. So essentially he had no one telling him no, they had no right. one telling me you can't do this. Cause essentially Marvel was on bankruptcy. They were having all these problems, but they had someone play, and they didn't have a successful film that they actually owned. So um, it just happened to be the perfect fruition of everything. And when he went to Disney, they essentially said, keep doing what you're doing and we'll yeah. bankroll you. So luckily uh-huh. that's, that's a great story in all time. I mean, no one can duplicate that. So it's a fool's errand to do so. So I always hope that mm-hmm. somebody comes up with a separate path. So with James Gunn and Peter Safran, they essentially have a long t- plan coming about. Obviously, we have to get through everything that's already essentially done or in the books be- before they had anything to do with it. So mm-hmm. we're essentially looking at probably before we see them, anything that they're doing um, beyond what Gunn is already doing, because I think Peacemaker uh, season two is coming up. Um, I think he has some other things planned as well, but really we're probably looking at 2025, 2026 before we see mm-hmm. the first thing that this group has planned to actually yeah. come out. Um, and it's funny because I, I I've always said this, well, DC always has a 10 year plan. It just depends on which 10 year plan it is because yeah. it was a the 10 year plan from five years ago, the Snyderverse, all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once again, my caveat is always, is there's so much DC stuff. You don't have to say all DC sucks. You can say, I don't like that specific DC thing. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Because I did not love Black Adam. I thought it was okay. It was a film that I felt like should have came out in 2005. (laughs) But then there's other things I love, like Peacemaker and and, and some of those smaller projects they've had. So in Stargirl, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite DC things that's on right now is getting canceled after season three. So Mm -hmm. very sad. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what they do. I hope they have a vision and I hope they have the ability to actually execute it versus discovery Warner brothers, whatever it's called now, essentially intermingles and make some bad decisions. But I hope this mm-hmm. is the right group to do so. So with yeah. my piece said, and I hope this works, 
do you think DC has a cohesive plan under this leadership? Uh, I think they have a plan. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> you know, I, I do think that, you know, they, they gotta be, you know, they're, it's unfortunate, you know, I would have loved for them to hit so many different things out of the park. And I will say, like, I just kind of even moving forward in this, this is the first time we've really got a chance to talk face to face. But a lot of, you know, any type of entertainment that I jump into, whether it's, you know, books or games or movies, shows, I go in definitely probably a lot more positive than the average person. I'm I'm not a very big critic because I I love looking at like the backstory. You know, if I listen to a song, I'm going to be like listening to, oh, like what type of instruments are they using? Oh, how did they do this? Oh, this person's the one that wrote it. Oh, that's interesting. You know, so then I can kind of appreciate it a little bit more than someone just saying, oh, I listened to the song. It was kind of lame. You know, I, I kind of do the same thing with like movies, books, all those types of things. So with DC, they've definitely been kind of a letdown for me. And I will admit like Black Adam, I was pretty excited about it. I know... I was a little worried because although I love Dwayne Johnson, sometimes it it does it borders on the cheesy versus funny, which you know it's that's really tough to find. And I think like I I'll say like even like the last Thor movie, Love and Thunder, the cheesy sometimes overpowered the funny, and I think that a lot of times is what kind of as I gets me like I'm like oh man they were so close to making it funny now it's just cheesy um so yeah I, I think DC's starting to kind of figure out the things they've done wrong in the past six years I'd say and hopefully they continue to you know um, get a little bit better each time it was interesting that you brought up the some of those shows right just like Marvel, I think DC is doing some pretty good shows. And I think uh, what's unfortunate is sometimes they don't get as much uh, publicity or viewership because a lot of them are under the umbrella of HBO, which is a decent chunk of money. Like, you, you know, in especially like what was it like even like a year and a half ago, maybe it was like 15 bucks. I think now it's cheaper. It could be like 10 now, but it, like when you were kind of comparing it's like, oh, Netflix with, you know, I can get the base one for like $7.99 or, you know, Hulu, I can get like the base one for like $5.99. So when people are, you know, especially like with the economy the way it is, if you're trying to like decide which one to get, unless you really know what's on HBO, I don't think that's the go-to. If they're like, I can only have one, it's probably going to be like Netflix or something. But if you do, you if you have HBO and you haven't done this, dive into the DC there's a whole section of DC shows and movies and stuff like that. Man, there's some incredible ones. Like, and, you know, anyone can fight me on this, but like you're saying, like the, the Peacemaker and uh, the um, Doom Patrol and uh, um, what's the, what's the, uh, the young. Um, oh, uh, Titans. Titans. Yeah. I always want to say Teen Titans, but so mm-hmm. just Titans. Yeah. That one too. Like each one that I, I jumped into, I was like, wow, this is actually impressing me. I did not expect, you know, to be like invested in this story. Now, once again, just, just like any kind of superhero show, there is going to be moments that, you know, and, and you guys can tweet me and say what you want. There's some like cheesy stuff a little bit, <laughs> but for the most part, the stories are, are really good. Um, you, the, the characters are good. They're funny. The, the, the threats are, you know, feel real. Um, there's a lot of like drama and emotion. And I will say, I do like that about DC. 
it, it has always had like kind of this this kind of like moodiness drama like more dark i guess you could say right and so there's like there's definitely you know there's stuff where you're like i can understand why they would feel this way the hero doesn't have to always be you know perfect right they can make a lot of mistakes they can you know be they can end up doing the right thing but after doing dark things <laughs> you know and so yeah I, I think that they've they've started doing really good also with their shows and sometimes i wish they would be like can you do what you did in this show at the theater <laughs> yeah 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 you're absolutely right and I, I hope they have a better balance because to your yeah. point um, it seems like DC is uh, recently has, has gone more to the dark. It's more mm-hmm. R rated, more mature. And it's like, if you can't have a kid be able to watch Batman and Superman kind of yeah. failed. And I always right. feel like that. It, 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 we shouldn't have to have our heroes be dark to be appealing. And mm-hmm. I always feel like Superman is not a hard character to write. Well, mm-hmm. it just takes the right writer with the right story to make Superman super inspiring, super compelling. And there's lots of source material. You can pull up. Like, these are the best Superman stories. Look what they did. Well, and Superman didn't have to kill someone. He was helping people yeah. be inspiring, doing the right thing, making hard choices and, you know, making sacrifices. Just same with Batman. I mean, one of my favorite mm-hmm. Batman series of all time is Batman, the brave and the bold. It was just mm-hmm. goofy and fun over the top, but really at the heart of Batman was there. So, um, yeah. And actually that was one that Kevin Conroy did not voice, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. 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 So there's a lot there to your point. There's a lot of on things and DC does some great animated films too, with all their properties. And I mm-hmm. think they've been great at that too. So, um, yeah. yeah, I hope it's a good balance. They have something for all ages and something for that's more mature and they balance it well. Um, because yeah. one of my favorite DC things right now is the Sandman and it's actually on Netflix. It's not on HBO max. So it's a little weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Well, very, very good. Well, we've gone down a journey of the news. So, um, Madam Web, I believe, is packing her bag. She's on her ways to Josiah's house now. So, <laughs> with that, it's our time now to head over to our favorite geek establishment, get some uh, drinks, hear some tunes, and get our nerd on. Before we go to the geekies, we want to say thank you for Manscaped for being a proud sponsor of our podcast network. All the podcast. Uh, hosts got these, uh, what we got from Manscaped just to try it out, just to see if we actually were behind these products was the performance package 4.0. It contains the things you see behind me all with a carrying case. We also got shorts and a cool shirt. Um, we use these products. They keep us looking very trimmed, very well groomed, uh, for your head, the rest of your body, your nose, your ear, and all the bits you need to keep groomed. And when you're done using the lawnmower for uh, a bigger trim, the weed whacker for your nose and ear, uh, then you can use their their um, refreshing products like the Ball Refresher, which is uh, nice and soothing to keep your skin uh, feeling nice and fresh after you shave, and also the Crop Reviver. So all those came in the Performance Package 4.0. You don't have to buy all of those together. You can buy them separately uh, for your individual needs. But uh, we really like these products. My favorite part of the products that Manscaped provides is the light on the lawnmower. So you can lighten up those shadows so you can do a good job and you don't miss any bits and pieces. So once again, thank you, Manscaped, for supporting SFU. And remember, that's 
Code SFU gets you 20% with free shipping at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence. Always use the right tool for the job with Manscaped. Now it's time for the geek. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting the geek easy. Drinks are poured. Cover bands playing. We are ready to get our nerd on this week. So, Josiah, what have you been uh, watching, reading, enjoying the world of nerd? Yeah, um, there's been a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, definitely show-wise, um, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah, definitely we have the House of the Dragon, uh, the Rings of Power, both of them uh, very different, but both very good. <laughs> both prequels, which you could you know say is sim- similarities there. We had talked about it earlier in the show, but part of the reason why I love both of these is you don't really know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's so far in the past that you don't really know. You, and so that's what keeps it interesting. I love seeing a different time of both of these things. I love kind of, you know, seeing the power of the Targaryen family, you know, in the house of the dragon, um, which, you know, as we start, it's de- very different. And the, um, and you know, what we've, what we know of the show later, and then Rings of Power, once again, very different time period, um, very interesting. The, um, I guess the span of time, even though it's so far in the past, they span a time within the first few episodes that gets you like, wow, like I've seen so much in so little time. Um, I will have to admit, Rings of Power, um, all of those shots, all those locations, just absolutely stunning they man i like sometimes you you just want to be there you know it like it's a crazy time like i'd probably die if i was there um in battle somewhere but it is so (laughs) beautiful like you know every shot that they have is just amazing you know even like the cgi stuff they put it in and it's it's incredible um great job there um but yeah as far as shows uh that's what kind of me and the wife are watching right now um books i'm a i'm a book a big book reader i love reading you know any type of stuff like biographies, things like that. Um, but currently what I'm reading is, uh, the second book. So book two of the new Thrawn ascendancy, uh, greater good. So I'm about halfway through that right now. And yeah, definitely. I I love all the Thrawn books. So when they came out with that, the, the next trilogy, I was super excited to jump into that. I love, you know, anything that's kind of like based on, based on something you know, but something you don't know. And that's what I love about Thrawn. He's, he he kind of came out of nowhere and ended up being an incredible character. And I love that there's more motivations that are kind of behind the scenes and um, kind of just like his his viewpoint on life and the galaxy and everything like that is is a lot bigger than a villain it's a lot it's a lot bigger even than kind of like an anti-hero it's a very interesting story so if you haven't like really checked out any thrawn books you know even if you jump back to the old ones you know definitely they're 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 very good they're even if you're not a big star wars fan they're just very incredible stories there's a lot of um intelligence in um what the author's doing uh timothy zane uh, mm-hmm. is the author He's he's very intelligent in the way that he tells stories, but it's also um, it's very like welcoming, I guess you can say. So it's not it doesn't it's not really off putting, which a lot of times happens in like kind of like fantasy sci fi 
the words are kind of big and you don't understand a lot that's going on. It's very approachable, but at the same time, like you feel like you actually learned something as a nerd, <laughs> which is cool. Um, but yeah, so those are my shows. That's my book right now that I'm, I'm kind of uh, diving into. We actually saw the author uh, who created Thrawn at uh, C2E2 last year in Chicago. Oh, nice. Super nice guy. And it was funny because yeah. someone sent him like a puppet of Thrawn and just the way he <laughs> talked about it. And I am definitely a neophyte when it comes to like Star Wars because obviously that was EU creator, you know, basically kind of filling the gaps because there was no movies, no TV shows, you need something. And that became a thing. And the fact that it got brought back into continuity Mm-hmm. is amazing and i would hope more of those type of let's let's see what worked and are cool story ideas and let's bring those in because there's a lot of good ideas and i hate to see you know we like to, hate to see anything just tossed away because well if it came for me it's probably crap no well, there's yeah. probably some good ideas there so yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think you know if lucas blessed it to, to be made then yeah. he probably said you know there's some merit in it he, he obviously you know uh, yeah so yeah that's that's a really cool idea and, and, and i'm gonna actually piggyback onto your Lord of the Rings Rings of Power because I just finished that and nice. it was a series I'm like I don't know if I'm going to like this um, <laughs> a friend of ours like he loves the Lord of the Rings movie soured on the Hobbit movies and he's kind of been like I don't know if I want to jump into this and I'm like I was the same boat I'm like what are they going to really do is it going to mm-hmm. really compete with uh, Peter Jackson's trilogy and I always think about this way there was an animated Lord of the Rings series long time ago if you want to watch that that was a take on it. Mm-hmm. Then you got Peter Jackson's take on it. And I'm like, there's it's 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 like Shakespeare. Shakespeare, you're gonna have a new take on Romeo and Juliet. There's not one definitive. It's gonna be the same. Right. And we can say now with Tolkien being a master of fantasy, kind of like the mm-hmm. person that brought fantasy to the like it's a lot, it's allowed to take and do different takes on uh, properties we love. Um, mm-hmm. maybe we'll see that in the future where somebody does something with classic Star Wars, like, here's a new take on it. Don't know. Yeah. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. Um, like you see, I don't know if you've ever seen the an- the anime version of like uh, a New Hope, where mm-hmm. they do an anime. That's beautiful. It's like yeah. that would be cool to see because there was mm-hmm. manga of it and there was different takes on it. So I mean, mm-hmm. and with this, I was worried. I'm like, what are they going to do? How are they going to be able to tell a story? Being a thousand years before certainly helps. A lot of people are not as familiar with all the the mythos and all the the core material. So a lot of the things were new to me because I've I've you know uh, I'm not a, a nerd about it where I get into things in the in, not a nerd but I mean I don't get into the depths. And the fact that some of the things that happened, I'm like I probably should have known that, but I didn't. Right. And it was like oh that's kind of cool or that's how that happened. That's kind of mm-hmm. neat. Um, and there was some there's some twists in it too that I didn't see coming. And I was and that, I think they developed it a really cool way. Like who is the stranger and yeah. the things you don't expect and. I'm like on my elliptical watching episode eight. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the next episode. Oh, it's done. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. It's over. Season done. When is it coming? When is it coming mm-hmm. back? And yeah. I probably am cursed because why was I watching it on a iPad where t- like you said, all these beautiful visions, it's not done <laughs> justice by being on an eight inch screen. So mm-hmm. I realize that, but you know, you, you watch stuff when you can, especially you got family and stuff like that. Yeah. But beautiful show, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Love it. And I can't wait to see where it goes. I just think it's really good. Actors are great. I love the storylines. Um, yeah. It's really well done. So kudos to Amazon for investing $500 million. Now, mm-hmm. is it, do you really, did you really need to spend that much? Well, I'm glad they did, but you know, yeah. It's not my money, so I'm happy. Exactly. If they're going to spend it, they're going to, they, you know, what are they going to do? Put rockets into space or something like that, cure cancer? Yeah. No, make a good show, please. 
<laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Even if you're not a fantasy fan, I think there's still some good things there. That's a good story. The acting's great. And I think the writing is very well done, especially if you like the goofy songs that they brought songs in and they tell some, mm-hmm. they sing some songs very, very well done. And it's, it's light on the magic really in the magic and the fantastical, I would say, which mm-hmm. it's not off putting like game, game of Thrones, same thing there. It's light on the fantastical. So mm-hmm. it's not going to put off a lot of people where you're like, Oh, they're just doing gibberish and moving their hands and magic things happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And, um, not to, to cut you off or anything, but since you just brought that up, I totally agree with that. Cause my wife, um, not a Lord of the Rings fan at all. Um, she, she's not really into that stuff, like any, any type of like the, you know, extremely, um, like magical type stuff anyways. But yeah, this one, like, so when I first watched it, I did the watch through by myself. Cause I figured she wouldn't like it. But after I watched it, I was like, you don't even have to know anything about the Lord of the Rings. You don't have to be a fan. Like this is just an incredible show. You, you know, you, you get to know the characters you, and a lot of like, you're saying like the, the magic stuff is, is so barely in there that it almost doesn't have any bearing on the show. And so, yeah, I, I totally would say, even if you're not a Lord of the Rings fan um, and you maybe weren't interested, give it a, give it a shot, give it, uh, you know, two or three episodes, you know, even while you're, you know, cleaning the house, doing laundry and just give it a shot because it is actually an, it's an incredibly crafted show with, like you said, great actors. And yeah, I totally would give it my recommendation. It's, it's one of a kind. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm glad we're getting another season. Uh, I would have not as a uh, young Todd would have expected any of these things to happen. They wouldn't have. I mean, back in the nineties, <laughs> there was so limited amount of cool geek media that you just had to like anything that was out there. So <laughs> we're just blessed. So if you guys don't mm-hmm. take it for granted, we don't know, we don't want this to go away and please support these things. Cause if you don't, they won't happen. So mm-hmm. um, something you should support. Um, and that is weird. This is the Weird Al biopic uh, that is not autobiographical at all. It, apparently, it was written by Weird Al and his writing partner to just be not real. <laughs> like, <laughs> almost like a tall tale of, you know, yeah. somebody, did you know Weird Al did this? Did you know? I mean, it's just all made up, and that's the point. This is just supposed to be uh, a walk hard, uh, pop star, don't stop popping. Um, mm-hmm. All of those really dumb, like biopics that aren't real. Um, and it's about time. This is on the Roku channel, which is, you know what? If you've got a browser, you can watch it there. If you have a Roku box, you can watch it on that. Um, some services, I think Amazon Fire might have it, but it's not everywhere. So, but mm-hmm. if you do have a browser, you can watch it there. You can, you know, beam it onto your TV if you can't watch mm-hmm. it. So I'd highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe plays Weird Al. It's it's basically starting off when he's a little kid going to, um, I won't say where it ends because I think that's part <laughs> of the fun. Kind of like it, it encapsulates his life um, mm-hmm. and it is full of fantastic cameos of actors playing actors and people. Nice. And it's well worth just like, oh, that person's in it. And there's some just really funny things um, mm-hmm. that I don't want to give away. Um, yeah. that I think everybody put their all into this. They had a great time. Uh, for some reason, Daniel Radcliffe was really ripped for some reason. <laughs> don't know if that was just for the role or he's doing something else. Maybe he's going to play mm-hmm. Wolverine. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Might that be awesome. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I will say it's less like really laugh out loud versus just like, that's clever or that's fun. Yeah. So 
I think a lot of people are saying it's not as funny as I would have expected. It's kind of like one of those um, probably funnier if it had been only like 45 minutes than an hour and a half because mm. keeping the the gimmicks and all those things going is hard to do. But I yeah. really enjoyed it. I'd recommend mm. it to anybody. And it was just Weird Al does that really good balance of like very wholesome, but he's also very irreverent at times where it's like, oh, Weird Al can be a little bit edgy at times. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I'd recommend yeah. it for anybody who's a fan of, of Weird Al. Uh, I am. I go back. I I, yes. I owned. I think I still own the cassettes of Weird Al mm-hmm. back in the day, and I played those to pieces because uh, yeah. that's what I had. Like I said, the world of nerd. There wasn't a lot of goofy things you could hear on the radio, things like that. So that's where you got it um, typically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So uh, check out Weird if you get a chance. Yeah, I definitely want to. I um, I think you did. You did you? Uh, I think I felt like you posted about it on Twitter or something. Did you? I probably did. Yeah, and and, and so, anyways, like I remember. Um, I think I seen it when I was in Hawaii like a month and a half ago. They had already had it because, and it was funny because somebody else was posting um, that it was funny that it's on Roku, and they mm-hmm. were just like, "Who even has that?" Right. And I was, I just, I responded. I was like, my parents, and it, like, <laughs> and I wasn't trying to be like a, a diss, but it was really funny because I was like trying to think. And I was like, I think they literally are the only people I know that have Roku. And, uh, so yeah, when I was over there at their house in Hawaii, um, I was scrolling through, we were going to watch something. Maybe it was like an episode of Andor and I saw it come across a banner about it. And I was like, what? That's hilarious. You know, I'm definitely going to watch it. Cause yeah, I'm a big weird Al fan, fan as well, as well. You know, at me, it was CDs, <laughs> mm, but yeah, yeah. Like, any CD like that, I get my hands on, I download all the older MP3s, you know, from, you know, um, like eat it, you know, instead of beat it and stuff like that back in the day with the Michael Jackson spoofs and things like that. And yeah, I've always loved those. I feel like it, there was definitely a few years where I played more weird Al versions of songs than like the actual song. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so I was, I was excited about it. And like I said, I'm, I'm going to be, um, back over there and come the end of the month and i was already thinking about i was like as soon as i get there i'm gonna bust that thing on we're gonna watch that and make my parents watch it with me and stuff uh but yeah um that's cool i didn't know that you could watch it anywhere else like on a browser oh yeah anything like that so yeah i mean it's ad supported so they really want you to watch it anywhere and for some reason i don't Mm -hmm. know why it's not on apple like apple tv because it's not like it's competing i mean it's just gonna they they do have the roku channel has like live stuff and has Mm -hmm. special content yeah but that's the problem like oh it's not like I have an LG uh, TV and there's no Roku app for that. And I'm like, okay, well, do I have a Roku device? I'm like, I don't have one on that one, but there's one <laughs> upstairs. And we bought a really crappy little 24 inch TV upstairs that has, it's a Roku TV. So it's got built nice. in. So yeah, yeah. So there's ways to watch, but yeah, your browser is mm-hmm. probably the easiest. Everybody has a mobile phone to go to Roku.com. Watch it there. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I need to jump use. in for sure. Now it's time for us to leave the geek easy, pay our bill and get it in an Uber where we're going to the airport to Air Qantas so we can travel to the Thunderdome where Tina is waiting for us to talk about our spoiler-filled review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina! We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we are doing a spoiler-filled discussion on Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So folks, you've been warned, spoilers lie ahead Go see the movie and then come back and listen and play along with our review. So with that, I'll just give you a little take on uh, the premise of the movie um, and where we can go from there. Essentially, this takes place after the blip. Um, 
the people of Wakanda are um, mourning the loss of T'Challa after he, he passes away from an undisclosed um, illness. And the people of Wakanda are mourning. A year passes, and we are essentially brought up to speed of uh, what is happening in the world of Wakanda. Queen Ramonda is leading the country, but they are struggling their place in the world. People are after the vibranium, and they do not know essentially where they will go next uh, as they are basically without their protector, and the world is putting the pressure on them uh, to share resources and uh, essentially uh, share the resources of Wakanda to the rest of the world. So we go from there. This is directed by Ryan Coogler, uh, written by Ryan Coogler as well, with Ro- Joe Robert Cole. And the cast, Letitia Wright as Shuri, Lupita Nyong'o, Nakia, Dane Guerrera, <laughs> uh, Isokoya, uh, Winston Duke, back as M'Baku, Angela Bassett as Ramonda, Tinook Huerta as Namor. And to be honest... I'll have to remember how to pronounce Namor Namor, because I feel like I got a couple of different options for that. So we can probably align on where we need to be with that. Uh, Martin Freeman, Everett Ross, and Dominique Thorne as Riri. So um, let's see. The last Black Panther was a huge film, iconic Mm -hmm. to many. It felt more like a cultural experience to many uh, versus just a standard film. Um, almost completely African-American or African black cast, uh, Mm -hmm. in the roles of the, the, the leads. Um, and it was definitely, uh, a combination of culture, music, and expression, uh, based Mm -hmm. on a classic comic book character who finally got to be represented on screen. Um, and obviously we had the real world death of Chadwick Boseman, which caused this movie to have to rethink what it was going to be, I believe halfway through, although when they were yeah. going to do. So they, it really caused some challenges. So this movie has a lot on its shoulders, uh, not only from being part of the MCU, telling stories, dealing with what happened before, what's going to happen next, but also mm-hmm. losing, and I don't think we've ever had this before, except maybe Heath Ledger is probably the closest, whereas when Heath Ledger played the Joker, he died um before the movie came out, but he was able to mm-hmm. film the whole role. I don't know if there was ever a plan to bring him back, but obviously that's a one-off. But this is supposed to be an ongoing character, one of the biggest franchises the MCU ever, and he's lost. Mm-hmm. The fact that this movie got made is amazing to begin with. Mm-hmm. And this movie was a roller coaster. So with that, <laughs> Josiah, I'm going to turn it over to you. So just, you know, overall, your impressions of the film, things that stood out, um, you know, where do you feel, um, was the movie successful in what it tried to do? Um, did it do all these things? I mean, what do you think? There's a lot to, there's a lot to dissect in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's kind of, it's tough to even know where to start because like you said, it, it, this movie had to be stretched in so many different ways. And I think, uh, Ryan Coogler did a really good job because he was able to hit some really, really awesome like story points but also you know like you said that like the first movie was a big statement it was a big statement and um that they wanted to make and i think it landed well for for most and i feel like this one too you know it it wasn't just once again making it you know these real big statements but also it was honoring you know not only an amazing actor and you know uh, an amazing Black Panther, 
but also just an amazing person. And I think it's really tough, like you were saying, when, you know, you you have to decide, okay, how are we going to take this story? Are we going to recast the role? Are we, you know, are we going to have him in there at all? Are we not going to have him, you know, like, how are we going to honor this person, but at the same time tell, like, a compelling story? And I think, so, um, and I'll just say, like, my personal opinion, just, you know, without diving super deep into just that, that question is, I think that they, they honored Chadwick Boseman very well. They, they started off very good, just giving you like a little bit of a teaser. And when they went through the Marvel and they had all those beautiful pictures of him and, you know, like on from the um, previous movies and things like that. And, you know, like he's just, he's such an incredibly like welcoming person and like to look at, right. Like his smile is infectious and he seems like just a a great guy. So hitting all those, they already kind of got you in the feels a little bit. But then once again, you've already said it, spoiler, but yeah, then once you hit that end and you hit the, the like the end credit and stuff, oh man, like everybody was crying, <laughs> you know, about it because it's, it, at some point, you know, like cinema becomes more than cinema, you know, you start, you start thinking about the actual person, the, the lives they're involved in, in making, you know, great cinema. You start thinking about the family. You think of maybe your family that might be struggling with cancer, struggling with, you know, an, an illness that maybe will never be cured. Um, things like that, you know, just, it's really kind of gets you. And then, you know, the direction they went with that, uh, once again, it was, it was incredible because it was, it was such a, it was such a great monument to him and his success but I love the fact that, you know, they, <laughs> it's like, it's hard to even say it because it's such a huge spoiler, but you know, that he has a son, right. And, and obviously based on the timing that you kind of uh, put out at the beginning, this was before the blip, right. Cause that, that son is already too old, you know, like, so it would have had to be before the blip. So, so now you have all that. And the fact that she said, like, he was getting him ready for that, getting him prepared, he knew that he was going to die. It really just I'm getting goosebumps now, because it's, it's just like someone who has cancer, you know, they they know that they're going to pass, they don't know when it could be a week, a month, a year, years. But either way, like, when you know that you just uh, just wrecks you because you know that these conversations happen all the time with kids they know a parent is, is going to pass away. And so they're trying to get them ready and prepared the best that they can. So yeah, that was, that was such an amazing thing that they did there. And like, if if you couldn't even imagine them being able to do all that in a movie, then they have (laughs) Talo Khan, right. And they have the whole like, you know, Mayan empire. And that's another huge thing, you know, that's, you know, for, I didn't even, I didn't even talk about that. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. by the way, there is another hidden, uh, super, uh, society that we have never seen before. And now it's introduced in this movie. Talk about a lot to handle. It's just like, it's so that they throw that at you. And obviously Wakanda is always beautiful. We get some more, um, of the area. I'm not sure if they're, you know, maybe somebody could make fun of me later, but the specific areas in Wakanda, but like the, where M'Baku was Mm -hmm. right. You know, so you get to see a little bit more of that. Yeah. Yeah, Those like high mountains or whatever, which is also it's, it's Wakanda, but it's so different. You know, it's a different people. It's a different style. You know, it's all snowy and it's not like the beach, you know, kind of style that you're used to, you know, near like the, 
you know, when, um, where most of the filming is in Wakanda. So it's like so different. And so that was really cool. And to, you know, once again, have them all kind of like get together and, and team up and everything like that. That was, I think they did that really well. Um, I will say, uh, I feel like once again, Marvel does really good with like tying all these different movies together. Right. They take little pieces of this and that, and like, you can go back now and people are way better than me about it, but you can go back to Iron Man one. Right. And you can be like, what? There's that guy from this movie way over Mm -hmm. here. Oh, here's this little story beat that they were doing way back then, you know, just kind of like blows your mind how the interconnectivity of stuff like that. And so I understand why that's like important and it's cool later, but like, I feel like in this movie they're like, I mean, it was incredibly powerful and emotional because of uh, Chadwick Boseman. Um, We have everything going on with Wakanda and we can go into this maybe a little bit later too, but the also a big difference is so T'Challa and uh, uh, Shuri and really even Nakia were kind of uh, like at the end of the last movie saying, you know, or the last time we really seen them saying like, okay, we're going to help. We're going to help underprivileged children. Mm-hmm. We're going to help, you know, like we're going to start using our technology to help the world. Now he dies. And then now we have Angela Bassett you know, now the the new ruler queen and she's going back to the old ways saying like, no, like our borders are closed. We're not helping anybody, you know, type situation. I mean, you, they don't really go too much into it, but they do have those like outreach science facilities, mm-hmm. which you, I mean, they could possibly be like, they're helping people, but from what it appeared, we, they, she was more kind of back to like the old style where, you know, like, I don't trust anybody with our technology type situation. Um, but so then you, you kind of have that, you know, going on and then you have, uh, you know, Tolo Khan and you have his story and those people and that's so powerful and that's so amazing. And then like, you have like these random like CIA <laughs> like yeah. moments that I feel like for me, like, you know, like I know that we're, we're tying, you know, these characters into later be like, Oh yeah, she was, you know, she was on, um, uh, what is it? The, the green or was it the, what's the, the one with the archer? <laughs> oh, uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye. Oh, no. There we go. Yeah. 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 Cause I was thinking I have a green arrow hat on, so yeah. that's why my, my mind's yep. gone. But anyway, so Hawkeye. So we're like, okay, we have her in there. We hit, we, you know, we're kind of like putting some pieces together, yep. but like, I feel like the, the whole, like they were married and divorced and, you know, like, I feel like that kind of like took me out of like these super crazy powerful moments and decisions and you know these whole civilizations and it was like really deep right and then it kind of like pulled you back whereas like i'm trying to think of a good example but let's put like a um director fury when Mm -hmm. he his moments seemed meaningful right like you get sucked out of like this crazy battles and fighting in space and aliens and he's just a like a guy but like it seemed like what he was doing and saying were was like also powerful. Where this one, it's kind of like it's you contract know, like, obligation like, to have um, Martin yeah. Freeman back. As right. I, I did appreciate though, um, whenever he was involved, they kind of made them the butt of a joke. Like, oh, look right. at my favorite, my favorite. Um, oh God, I'm, my. Uh, 
he said, my, my favorite captor and, and chains or whatever. Um, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so they made a good one. But your point, I think, you know, and, and just sorry if I'm, I'm buttoned in, but no, I good. think you make a great point that the fact that this movie felt overstuffed with things that took you away from kind of the focus, like mm-hmm. Namor and things like that. Now it's like, and I think another character, because I mean, to the whole point, Val and making, she's yeah. making the Thunderbolts and she's there. It felt like I'm watching a different thing. And it's like, yeah. that didn't, it, out of it. Uh, the other part I felt like was Riri Williams, which mm-hmm. I don't know if they implicitly said it would basically, because I thought it was going to be that, that the school that T'Challa created in, I believe, uh, uh, you know, Compton, I can't remember the, the city in, mm-hmm. in, in California, where it was going to be like an establishment to right. help people. I don't know if she went to one of those schools or not, if it was even said, because we run mm-hmm. into her in MIT. So she's obviously intelligent, um, but she got brought in. I kind of felt like kind of the same way Spider-Man got brought in in a lot of ways mm-hmm. for like uh, Civil War. But I kind of felt like it, it just felt like it didn't flow very well. It felt like it was just right. another thing to bring in that really – and I think maybe it was a holdover from when they were originally going to be on. That was going to be more the purpose of, you know, yeah. if T'Challa was still around, it would be exploring some of his obligations. And I guess, but yeah, to yeah. your point, I mean, it's like, it felt like a lot of things took us away. So it felt like the, it, it kind of diminished the whole thing, but it didn't take, it didn't make it a worse movie. It, it made yeah. it a more clunky, it clunky. It felt yeah. really clunky. It didn't flow uh-huh. as well as the first movie. Yeah, I I would totally agree with that. And obviously, you know, they're dropping like, you know, I mean, they're dropping hints like on top of your head, you know, about Ironheart. I mean, she's, you know, she's, she's cutting that out. It drops. I mean, and then like the suit and everything like that. And, you know, so they're just like really like putting it in your face. And I kind of feel like, you know, to your, to once again, your point of saying about it being clunky is I kind of feel like I would have almost would have rathered her still come in, still help, you know, in making like the, the herb or doing something. So like her character becomes something, but not as they were trying to, you know, we are supposed to be introduced to her, care about her, you know, and then she's now one of the heroes in the suit at the end. Right. So like, I feel like it was really fast Whereas they didn't give her enough screen time, I feel like to for me to like even at the end, like what could have been like a beautiful moment about the car, right? Yeah. Like to me, kind of just was like I see what they're trying to do, but I didn't feel what I know you want me to. You know, like <laughs> I didn't feel like oh my goodness, that's so beautiful or what you know what I mean? Like I didn't feel that. I thought it was cool and it was you know interesting for the movie, but. I feel like, you know, it more resources and time could have been spent uh, even a little bit more like on Tolokan and those people. And then at the end, like the um, the female character that talks to um, to Namor at the end, right, like appears to be somebody very important, you know, um, obviously has the ear of of Namor. So like that was really interesting. And then I'm like, what in the world? Why am I seeing this very important moment now? And I don't even, I don't recognize her really. I, I guess I could remember she was in different scenes, but I was like, why do I not know more about her? But Mm -hmm. then, you know, we're kind of spending more time with a character that was never really fleshed out enough. 
I guess you could say. Like, and, yeah. and look, I already told you before, I was like, I don't try to nitpick things, but now I'm kind of nitpicking. But, well, you know, I, it's like, it's I don't fair, know. right? Because there yeah. was a lot in this movie. Like, it's a lot. I walked away and I'm like, how do I feel? I'm like, I really was blown away. The, the sadness, the grief kind of overtook me. But then when I stepped away, I'm like, what was the sum of what, you know, was it, was it as strong as the sum of its parts or were there things that like detracted from the message it was trying to like, and there were things I felt like to your point, um, we got Kamala Khan in Miss Marvel. We got six episodes of seeing how she became who she was with Rita yeah. Williams. Essentially she'd be like, Oh yeah, I got this covered. And it's like, I didn't feel like she struggled at all. I think like she was yeah. like, yeah, I got this. I'm like, that's not a good character development. That's kind of like, or America um, in Dr. Strange, the, the mm-hmm. character of America as well. I feel like, here's a character I just didn't and, but at least she got more time on screen because she was part of it still once again mm-hmm. we're trying I felt like it that was where the movie was forced to be oh we have to create characters that are going to be in other things this is right. how we're going to do it this is still an MCU thing where I'm like that's where I feel like where Black Panther's I think really excelled because it didn't have to worry about it. It could just tell the story of black Panther and it's people. It didn't have mm-hmm. to hammer in a million different things because we had to link everything. It just happened yeah. to do that because we were introduced to him in another movie. Now we get to hear more about him and his, his culture mm-hmm. and all those things. Whereas I feel like with Riri Williams, yeah, I felt like, yeah, she's, she's in this because it's, uh, he was obligated to maybe bring her in or it was going to mm-hmm. work better when, Ryan Coogler had more time to focus on other things versus, wow, we got to deal with like the biggest death in the world and people right. grieving. And it's like, it just was, well, it just felt like this is, I'm glad this movie happened, but I really kind of feel like I wish they could have tweaked some things. So it felt a little mm-hmm. more cohesive. The one thing that I think is a good part, um, because we talk about, you know, the end credits is, or is one, there is an end credit or mid credit, Mid credits, yeah. I guess. After Rihanna's song, <laughs> that's yeah. the best way. After Rihanna's song's <laughs> over, stick around. And it, this is a weird one because it felt like it was just essentially picking up where the movie ended. It was just like yeah. there was no gap, and it was where we were introduced to his son. So they didn't have like the like, oh, here's the next villain. It was really mm-hmm. this is who's going to be the king because um, mm-hmm. Shuri wasn't crowned as queen. She 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 didn't. Um, she is the Black Panther, but she is not the ruler. And this is where I could see it where you get things going and eventually mm-hmm. we do get uh Chikala's king and he's going to eventually take on the uh you know the the, the mantle from her, which is perfectly mm-hmm. fine. You don't have yeah. the key of the king to be the protector. And I think it's great for Shuri that she gets to step into her own uh presence as as you know, mm-hmm. as the protector of Wakanda. Um no, I think it was hard on Shuri. Now this was gonna say now. Letitia Wright, very good in the role. I think she doesn't have the presence, and that's not fair, of Chadwick Boseman. She wasn't supposed to, and Mm -hmm. I kind of think it's fair. So I will be curious how how they develop her character because we got the sad and the grief, but how do we get her to be um, a a different character going forward that Mm -hmm. is managing that mantle, her role in Wakanda, and when do we see her again? I don't know mm-hmm. if there's going to be a third Black Panther film. I don't know. I don't know if that's in the cards or not. Um, yeah. Or she will be in more like, uh, I've heard there's going to be a, I think there's going to be a, a Dora Milaje series on Disney+. Plus. So that may make sense. It may be Black Panther and Dora Milaje where they mm-hmm. all get to be further developed. But I mean, I, I think this movie had a lot to handle. Yeah. And it did the best job it could with the, what it was supposed to do i just kind of wish they could have pulled back on some of the extraneous parts um, right because i think it would have made a stronger film overall mm-hmm. yeah because you know going back to like namor 
his like story and his arc was incredible. I love that it was giving you piece by piece. That's exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. You want the audience to continually like see what they're doing and like have to make decisions in your mind. Is that right? Is that wrong? Are they a villain? Are they good? And then as you get more and more pieces, you start, you know, contradicting yourself. Like what would I do in that situation? How would I feel in that situation? I love what they did with his character and like going forward. And I love that, that end piece. Once again, that conversation piece, like, that that he when he was talking to that un- unknown female, <laughs> Namora. Uh, it's actually yeah. Namora. Yeah, she okay. was the one that had that the headrest you saw. Okay, as she was what she was. It's funny because once you take away her her um, apparel and like kind of like Akuma. Akuma was the mm-hmm. other one who had the okay. headrest and the gear, and you know he was kind of the other uh, really heavier the the neck heavier. I mean he's not big fat, but I mean like the the the, the his his um, main cast of characters around him um yeah once you take off their gear it's kind of like a little more plainer but yeah that was namora and she's um i i I think they're a couple i think so i think they're a couple yeah Yeah. okay yeah because that's what i kind of got i got those vibes that it wasn't just like a you know like i felt like it was more than just you know she's like a leader and obviously he's like kind of more like their god Mm -hmm. i felt like it was more like a relationship um esque so yeah when namora and namora are talking right like that was amazing because i I really cared about that story and that was a, a, an interesting story to me. And, um, I love that they were, they were taking, you know, back all the way to like, you know, like 15th century or whatever mm-hmm. it was and like kind of tying that in with the new. And so you have like kind of similar mentalities and you can understand like as, as you're, as the story is unfolding, that was really good. And so they made it seem like we were, we're going to hear more of them. And he even basically just said like, they're going to need us, you know? So that's, that was really interesting. And then I think, you know, the other part is, like you said, Shuri, like it, it was, everybody was like, okay, who's going to do it, right? Okay, we got this, we, we have, uh, you know, someone else has to take up the mantle, right? So everybody's deciding, I kind of felt like it was going to be Shuri, like I was like, I know that they're probably going to play it off a little bit, but I feel like it has to be her, it just makes the most sense. And so I wasn't like shocked or anything when it ended up being her. I do like the fact that they, they played a little bit like, okay, how are we going to, do this you know like it was um uh killmonger had already destroyed it all how are we going to do this so that was really interesting i I liked how they were able to do that you know it felt like the stakes were high and and it happened all good and then you know when when she actually took it and you're and she's walking right and like we're going to be like okay who is this you know who's this gonna be and stuff like that i i literally i went through so many people in my head as she was taking those steps because i was like it could be anyone i was like if it's if it's Chadwick Boseman, if it's, you know, T'Challa, like, I'm going to freak out for one, you know, like mm-hmm. if they had somehow already had some filming or if they did something, you know, that. And I was like, well, it also could be your dad, mm-hmm. you know, and so, like, so I'm kind of going through these different characters, like maybe it's someone like a female from, you know, like, you know, way further. And they kind of throw that into the mix or whatever. And anyways, and that, then as it, she walks up and sees that it's Killmonger, I was like, what? Like, oh, man, that blew me away. And then I love it because because of her character and because of, you know, the her the emotions that she was feeling and the actions she was taking based on what was happening in her life, what has happened to her, I think that actually made her character more relevant to me, more interesting because it, it wasn't, once again, it wasn't like, okay, she's, she's a good girl and she's going to do the right thing. Like, I love that they gave you that, like, oh, what is she going to do? You know, what, it, you know, like, is she, is she gonna, you know, like, just, you know, go crazy, burn the world down, like she said. And I love that he threw that back at her, you know, like, t- 
to um, Namor threw it back at least like I heard you you know like you said you wanted to burn burn the world down let's do it together we're the same right and so I love that you know they showed that she had those feelings obviously she was able to overcome and and not be so diabolical at the end but I do love that it gives her character a little bit more I guess like um um it's a little more dynamic, right? You're not guaranteed what she's going to do next, who, you know, um, what her actions are going to be. And even up into that uh, mid credit scene, like you, I, I, I don't really know. I don't know what her actions are going to be. She obviously doesn't want to be queen. You know, she, she probably was in her right to take it based, based on what she is. And then now that she's uh, taking up the mantle of black Panther, she definitely could have probably, you know, taken up as queen, and she didn't do that. So like you said, like, is she going to like stay there, you know, with her nephew and cousin? Is she going to start doing her own thing, you know? And um, yeah, so I, I think those are all really interesting things. And then the last thing that I'll just touch on is also I, I like the fact that we have now like a young T'Challa because you mentioned it before. We have uh, we have a lot of shows now with like Miss Marvel. Right. And uh, what else do we got? We have uh, um, Hawkeye. We have Haley. Right. Um, We got Kate Bishop. Yep. So we're going to have young Avengers are coming through. Yeah. So like we start seeing like all of these younger characters that are like, okay, maybe maybe we're working something like that in that even if it's another time jump, like, you know, maybe if now T'Challa is like 16 or something like that, you know, 10 years into the future, you know, because multiple movies and things down Mm -hmm. the way. But I feel like that would be pretty cool. Oh, and that's, uh, yeah, that's what I'm facing. Uh, Love and Thunder. We got Thor's little girl now, <laughs> basically, Absolutely. or whatever. So, you know, like, uh, like stuff, you know. Oh, and then uh, Hulk from She-Hulk. Now we got. Uh, yep. We yeah, got Young Hulk. Her. Yeah, Scar. Yeah. And, you you know, if you count, I guess, Peter Parker, if he, if he comes yeah. back, you yeah. know, <laughs> it, maybe he's younger. And then we've got apparently a Nova series that's coming out, which Nova is like a young uh powerful character he's in this like he's a teenager that gets powers from the nova Corps, uh mm-hmm. as well so yeah they're there i think that's the the right move is create characters that are younger that can evolve you can get to know them um mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense um yeah. yeah i mean there's a lot there um yeah. which which is going to be interesting that's, that's that was a surprise with with him you know being introduced i mean because that obviously gets clunky. I'm like, okay, well, let me figure that. Oh yeah, the blip and everything like that. So it makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. wanting to protect him from the world, give him a different, um, childhood than yeah. growing up in as a Royal. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. Now I do want to touch back on to, to Namor because I haven't really talked about much, him much. And you eloquently stated, you know, the fact that we got a culture Namor when he was, he's like Marvel's oldest character along with human torch. 1940 mm-hmm. was brought in under timely comics. Um, mm-hmm. And that was supposed to be Atlantis. Now they've moved it to, yeah. um, I, I believe, like you said, it's 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 focusing on uh, Latin uh, uh, American culture. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you said the Mayans. So yeah. it's inspired by that. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the how they brought it out and how they explained that was very cool, very uh, very well told. It didn't it wasn't overstuffed with like uh, in twenty million years ago. No, it's like it yeah. was a very beautiful story how it was told um, and some great imagery. And the fact that, you know, he is the type of villain I like or anti-hero is probably the best because he has been done wrong. He, Mm -hmm. he was forced away from the world 
because of what was done to them. So he, he, he you feel for him and you understand why yeah. he's doing is like, and I, he's just trying to protect his people because mm-hmm. um, if they get co- uh, uncovered, they're going to be exploited and all these bad things that happened before would happen again. So I do, and I, I think that it's interesting that he tried to build a dynamic saying like, Wakanda is about to be exploited. And I want to stop that from happening. And you need mm-hmm. a, a partner. Um, obviously, things happened. But, I mean, I really liked Namor's character. Every time he was on screen, it was amazing to watch. The things yeah. he could do. And just really exciting. And he made that character feel... He was kind of wry in certain instances. Like, he was kind of goofy in a lot of ways. But he was yeah. still... It, he had a presence. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you really brought it. And it's great that we're, we're getting that. I like the pivot to change him up to be a different type of looking Namor. And that was one thing. I, I would Now, he his character's name, he said it, he took it from No Love, which is Noah Moore, mm-hmm. in my bad uh, pronunciation. I did yeah. take four years of Spanish, but <laughs> <There you> I, <laughs> my pronunciation's horrible. But then it's like, was it Namor? Namor? Uh, what did you take away from his name? Because I, I probably killed it. Yeah, I... You know, yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Actually, I just, I guess I've just been calling him Namor, but yeah, it yeah that that is interesting. I guess you could kind of go about it a couple of different ways, but I feel like I'm just gonna fall on my sword and just say Namor, and I'm never yeah. gonna change it, even if anyone tells me I'm wrong. <laughs> they didn't ask us to pronounce the submariner or submariner. Thank goodness, yeah. because still, nobody can still get that one. Which one is yeah. it? I don't know. And he didn't call himself the submariner, which is just uh-huh. a funny name. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's once again, and it's laying the seeds and because mm-hmm. Namor is one of the old characters, he's part of the Illuminati, which we saw the Illuminati in Dr. Strange. He's mm-hmm. one of the characters that is um, powerful and protecting his own people. He's very much like black Adam in a lot of ways or black yeah. Adam's like him where he's trying to protect his people. But I think this was told so much more it, it better. And mm-hmm. you know, it was, it, I, I just really thought it was really well done. So, um, mm-hmm. so let's see, I, did we cover everything that we needed to? Yeah. I, I think like if, if I would just have to, you know, just blanket statement, the movie, right. I would say, it was a great movie. I think overall it was, it was really good. There's definitely some nitpicky parts. And, you know, if I, though I understand why they did some of it, I feel like it could have been probably like 15 minutes, 20 minutes shorter. And it still would have been just as powerful, just as amazing. And maybe it would have cut a couple of things. Um, one thing uh, that I, the first thing when I walked out of the theater that I, that I was uh, saying is I feel like, the the whole iron heart the whole you know the the riri thing if they she would have just been used for her brain you know to to help in in this battle whatever she might have done helping with the suits helping with the the herb and things like that and then um the like an end credit then had her working on something and drops the heart out or something you know what i mean i feel like that would have maybe been a little bit more epic and because then you're like oh we kind of know this girl she's smart and help like oh that's who she is okay yeah you know what i mean but this is a great point it was like oh yeah it's basically it's probably gonna be her yeah it's pretty much her oh yep it's her and then after that there's like three times where they're like forcing you to believe that this is what the person's gonna end up being you know and so i think maybe that would be like a a a thing like my nitpicky side that i would have done but i think overall they they hit um the the emotional side they did an amazing like memorandum for 
for Chadwick Boseman all the way through the movie was amazing. They did hit him and his family um, justice uh, for how great of a person he was. I think they did great there. The whole Tolokan and that story, I, that was incredible. They did amazing. And, you know, even Wakanda dealing with the aftermath of everything and then all of the different villages kind of teaming up together and, you know, the just how emotions affect rulers you know it's you know not you know ever no one's immune from emotions so how the queen reacts how uh the princess reacts all these different kind of things um even uh namor for that matter how his emotions are involved in also being a ruler like i think they just uh, across the board they hit so many amazing things that it's really hard to fault this movie um because they they covered so much and they did an amazing job doing it you're absolutely right. I, I think I, I like your take. I think that would have been the perfect way to bring in Riri, make her the person that invented the thing. She she she's recognized as being really smart, helps them with with technology, things like that. That would have been perfect. And then once again, leading, it's like we know who she is now. Oh, and she's going to develop something and be a bigger character down the line. Versus here's Ironheart. It's kind yeah. of so it felt like a little overstuffed. Same thing. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, we're, here's more suits of armor showing up. I'm like, okay, that's a little <laughs> bit much now. Yeah. A little too overstuffed, maybe in that category. But I, I do want to mm-hmm. call out. Um, I, I really, really was blown away by Angela Bassett mm-hmm. and the presence she brought on screen. Yeah, the biggest powerful. sin in comic book movies was the fact that she was not Storm in the original X Men series. <laughs> Because Storm should be African. She should have the mm-hmm. present. She shouldn't be Halle Berry, who's just talking with a normal <laughs> accent. Uh, it's just it's just a different present. So the fact that she got mm-hmm. to be shown and she looks like she could beat the crap out of everybody at her age yeah. of 60 or whatever is amazing. <laughs> and I also thought um, Danae Guerrera, I mean, the loss and everything, she like, being blamed essentially for everything, and just her presence as well was phenomenal. Just yeah. really good, strong acting performances by the mm-hmm. whole cast. Uh, once again, get rid of the the fluff of the the the, the uh, you know Val and uh, Agent a, you know uh, Agent Ross. I, I just felt like that was a big waste of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll give it a score. Um, it's hard to score movies because you know it's know. a feeling, but you know what? Well, we always do it regardless, and it's on the spot. You may change your mind a week later. But what would you give it out of ten? Uh, I guess uh, Panther Claws. Okay, 10 Panther Claws. Man, like I said, it's just, it's so difficult for me to find fault. And I I love when you have that issue. I love when you go into a movie, you, you want to uh, grade it, score it, and it's just so hard to find fault. Um, I'm one of those people that I'm kind of like a perfectionist. So it's really hard for me to, to ever give anything like a perfect anything. But I mean, for what I know that they were dealing with, what they had to do, what they wanted to give us and what I felt like walking out of the theater. I mean, man, like it's like, oh, man, like it's hard for me to even say it. But man, I feel like it's like a nine. Like it's just man, they just they hit you in the feels. They they made me sad. They made me happy. They made me laugh. They they made me angry. You know, when you watch different things, there was like happening to Namor's people and things like that. Like it was like they they go they went through all the emotion on top of, you know, like everything that they did for, you know, Chadwick Boseman and stuff like that. Like, man, I mean, eight point five nine. I mean, it was a, it was incredible. It was incredible. Well said. 
Well, <laughs> I will give it an eight out of ten. Okay. I thought it did the best with a, a bad situation. Yeah. But I will always compare it to the first Black Panther, which I think is right. probably my top MCU movie. Just it all, all just so well told. Mm-hmm. It cut out the the the, the fluff and yeah. really told a strong story about a people. The music was so strong. This movie, I felt like the music was lesser than, including a Rihanna song, which I kind of like, eh, okay, sure, why not? But I just felt like that that song, while it was heartfelt, kind of mm-hmm. felt like it should have been something different. And I felt like it should have been something maybe Wakanda-inspired, that the blend of the, 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 which I think, so I don't know, it's minor pits, but eight out of 10, I think, you know. Do you uh, think that Rihanna was added because she's rumored to be doing the halftime event at the Super Bowl? Probably. I, I don't know. I, I, I kind yeah. of feel like, cause she's been gone a while. And then that, that was a very, this is a very iconic epic movie. And then that's, that was an important song. And I'm like, you know, like who, how did that happen? Was she asked, you know, did she want to do this? Cause like, I agree too. Like I was kind of shocked. I'm like, Whoa, Rihanna's like came in out of nowhere. And yeah. then all of a sudden then she's, and then when we find out that that song is used for that moment, like I was like, Hmm. <laughs> it's just like using a pop, like a, a like a, 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 I feel like when you put a, a song, a pop song or whatever you want to call it at that mm. time, I think it dates it. It just feels like, yeah. It, it just, you know, it feels like if they had removed that and just put something, maybe something else that's a little less a known person, because I think it puts mm-hmm. it on. It's all, oh, it's Rihanna versus that's a beautiful song. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, that's a really know. good point. Yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. You know what? Like I said, best of a bad situation. So, Ryan Kugler, mm-hmm. you pulled it off, man. That's doing mm-hmm. fantastic at the box off. I think $180 million is what it's doing. This movie yeah. will be huge. Probably the biggest mm-hmm. uh, movie of the year. Well, Except when, I don't know. Avatar may <laughs> make a, uh, so yeah. much money in its oh, two man. weeks that we don't know. We don't know. But yeah. yeah. So well, this was a lot of fun talking yeah. about this fantastic movie. Obviously, uh, wish we'd have had our our third party to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, maybe a, a, we'll have a second chance in the future. But Josiah, this was wonderful. I'm glad we got to be on the show together. Thank you for uh, pinch hitting while Charlie was gone. Uh, <laughs> This is great. I always like to have new voices on the show. So with that, though, tell people where they can follow you on the interwebs. Yeah. Um, so uh, I actually, I, I'm i usually in other people's streams. <laughs> so if you have any other like live streams, I love talk shows. Um, during the day, I'm usually jumping in people's uh, live talk shows about anything nerdy. Um, but this is our first time. But yeah, like uh, I, I love Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, it, it anything like space like anything you want to talk about that people would consider nerdy i'm usually into it so yeah i'm I'm always uh i'm always around um i spend a lot of time on twitter it's uh something that i um i like as far as like interaction i love interacting with other people hearing different people's takes on uh tech news and uh media things like that and uh also i get a i get a kick a lot of times out of (laughs) uh, how people act on the internet so yeah that's uh i'm usually around on twitter um my twitter name is uh, at martinez mostly so it's a reverse of uh, my name. Um, so if you want to uh, follow me on Twitter, I'm usually around talking about um, all things nerdy on there for sure. Um, like you had mentioned, I'm also a co-host on mostly Star Wars. And as the name implies, we mostly talk about Star Wars. Um, there's some things that jump in there every now and then, but 
Um, right now, we've just been spoiled with Star Wars stuff. So pretty much weekly, we're we're covering Andor. Um, when the Tales of the Jedi came out, we um, obviously covered that. We're going to continue to be covering um, things as they come out, like uh, Bad Batch coming up as well. Um, but yeah, so um, YouTube, it's mostly Star Wars. You can find us that way. And finally, um, I always have to shout out my son. <laughs> my son is six years old. He's been wanting to uh, start a YouTube channel from before he could uh, even really talk. He was super into uh, wanting to do a YouTube. He'd pretend to be doing YouTube. And so I, I waited till he was six years old. And I'm like, okay, like let's do it for you. And he's actually the one that pushed me to start Mostly Star Wars podcast because... I was like, if he can do this, I can do it. Um, but yeah, so uh, my son's channel, his name's Hezekiah. So it's Hezekiah's Toys and Games. And uh, he's going to be doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, he wants to do like uh, toy reveals, unboxings. Um, he's done a couple of lives playing Switch games. Um, yeah, wait, he, just a little bit of everything. Um, he's also... Uh, He's been blessed by so many people already in the community, giving him things, um, reaching out, um, gifting him things. And so he's like, I definitely want to do that. So we're pretty much trying to do like monthly giveaways, trying to give back for all the love and support that he's gotten. Um, so yeah, yeah. Also, if you're if you're into winning free things, um, he's always doing a giveaway. Right now, he's doing three months of Game Pass Ultimate. So yeah, check him out. Hezekiah's Toys and Games. I'm a proud father, and I will tell everybody about him. So <laughs> that's fantastic. It's really great being a dad. Is great to share things with kids, but also understanding what your kids love and supporting with that because you know mm -hmm. what they don't always love the same thing you do and that's perfectly fine yeah that's how i learn about new things and i stay young through mm -hmm. my my son so thank you again yeah. this is awesome yeah. folks you can follow me at t oxtra um on the interwebs i've been right before this i was watching the vikings game i am a huge <laughs> nfl fan uh i love michigan state football they are horrible this year i'm also a fantasy <laughs> football fan so i do a lot of that but also just you know having fun being geeky with people on the internet webs is what i love to do follow at secret friends you for all things secret friends that's where you're gonna hear most of the stuff we're doing secretfriendsunite.com is where all our stuff is housed and obviously youtube for all of our stuff and we have a discord go there uh, just enjoy a, a great group of people as we have fun sharing hints and tips on everything, food, uh, the things we love, spoilers. We do it all there. So with that, I'll say thank you, Josiah. Thank you, friends, for following us on this journey. And as always, be the hero, not the villain. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.